0: Creating and rekindling memories, NHR. All the sins of the family fall on the daughter, but are not in the play Ghosts, because the sins of the family fall on the son. We'll be finding out a little bit more about that um, from the director of Ghosts at the Lace Market Theatre, Tuesday the 24th to Saturday the 28th of May, uh, Cynthia Marsh, because she's on the other end of this phone. Good morning, Cynthia. How are you? Hi, Kev. I'm very
1: well, thank you. We're Mar- just in the middle of a tech.
0: Brilliant <laughs> it's great stuff. Fun. I, I love interrupting theatre, yes. <laughs> basically. It gives me a sense of power. So it's Absolutely. the only sense of power I have. Now then, uh, the, the play itself, uh, Ghosts, it, it, it's not about people sort of coming back from the dead or anything like that. It's more about echoes from the past and what's passed down. So tell us what Ghosts is all about.
1: Right. Um, well, it's um, set in a family in on an offshore island in Norway. They've uh, they've lived there for some years, and the father died some years before. He was the, um, he had a post in the civil service, and he lived on this island in order to carry out his duties. So we're joining the family some 20 or more 20 or more years later. And uh, the wife, who whose name is Helena, she has kept the family together uh, in the sense that she was very concerned about her husband, who was a bit of a philanderer. He was de- a debauched person. Debauchery was um, given to his, uh, his activities. And he eventually died of something which we would probably recognize today as syphilis. And at the time, people believed that this was hereditary, that it was passed down to the next generation, like the the way it's put in the play is that it's the sins of the fathers that are visited on the children. And to preserve her son, she thought it would be best if he left the family and he was sent away at the age of seven. Well, he's visited home on one or two occasions before, but he's now come back at the beginning of the play because um, his mother has built an orphanage um, with her husband's money, partially to prevent the money going to her son. She doesn't want her son to inherit anything from the father. And she has a business partner who is the um, local pastor. And together they've put the plans and everything for the orphanage together. And the son has come back for the grand opening ceremony. But it quickly becomes clear that there is a long and dark history in this family, the skeletons in the cupboard that you referred to, because um, uh, the son has guessed but isn't entirely sure that his father wasn't the person that he thought he was, because the mother has defended him all her life. She's also um, tells us that she ran away from this awful husband and... Uh, because she had fallen in love with the pastor. But he rejected her and sent her back to her husband because that's what morality um, demanded at that time. So home comes her son, Oswald, because he is now ill. And a doctor in Paris has warned him that he's probably got syphilis. Uh, The the word syphilis is not mentioned in the play, of course, because it... Couldn't be um, uh, in 1881. And uh, he's come home really to die um, at the same time as coming home to commemorate the orphanage with his mother. And all this comes tumbling out in the play. And um, it leads to the situation where the maidservant in the family. Um, is discovered to be the illegitimate daughter of that terrible father, so that um, that affects the outcome of the play rather drastically. So from all that, I think you can see why the play was banned in 1881. It was not the sort of thing that could be put on in the theatre. It was published... But then when people started to read it, it was actually uh, banned from further publication for a couple of years and was sent back to the publishers. So it got a tremendous reputation um, as a play and as one that couldn't be performed. And in fact, it wasn't until later in the
0: 1880s. There's a Um, lot in there, isn't there? (laughs) There's
1: a tremendous (laughs) amount in there. The depth in this play is extraordinary. But what the the amazing thing is, we've discovered it's actually quite funny because in, there's a, a fa- this maid servant has a stepfather who we we think is his father he's her father but he turns out actually to be her stepfather once it's revealed that she's a daughter of the, of the Alving household and of course the son and the maid have started to fall in love and then they discover they're brother and sister. I'm telling you rather a lot of the plot, actually, because I shouldn't because it's rather like a thriller. It's all gradually revealed as you go through the play. And um, I think why this particular version works so well is that it's a very modern adaptation. So where the play originally would have been a full evening's uh, um, show, this one has been cut back to two roughly uh to well we can either do it as a full piece in one run which takes about 80 minutes or we can do it as two roughly 40 minute halves so um you know there's a decision we're taking on that this week actually on um, which would suit it better so it's very taut it's very tense it's all the um, non-essential material has been removed. So it, it, it's a very good adaptation by a, a famous director and play, playwright. That's Richard Eyre, who spent quite a lot of his time at Nottingham Playhouse yes, and is. then moved on to the National Theatre after that.
0: Yeah, so... so uh, sorry, carry on.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm going to stop there. I'm oh. a breather. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I think we've found out everything we need to know about the play. From that, I love the word debauched. Um, it's not a yes. word you hear very often nowadays, but it's just, I don't know, it's just got a, a nice feel about it, even though it's its not a very nice word. But
1: it's, an, it's an old word, it it? Yes.
0: debauched, yes. Yeah, yes. um, well, it,
1: it you know, it meant that not only was well, probably where he caught his syphilis from because he was seeing prostitutes and you know, had many mistresses on the side, uh, he was a drunkard, um and generally made a rather led a very dissolute life, which Helena, who's the uh, mother of Oswald, she had to put up with. She had to deal with it because the pastor sent her back to her husband. So it's also about what the church was doing to support the family, which wasn't a lot at mm-hmm. the time when there were problems. Yes, if everything was okay, and the relationship was a good one, and the... The um, ties were strong. The church obviously supported family life. But when things went wrong, which they very often did in most households, they had very little outside support. So uh, Helena was on her own. She had to solve the problem alone. So it's it's quite... And the outcome of the play, I won't tell you, but it's really quite dramatic and quite tragic Um, at at its end, as you often get with Mm. um,
0: Ibsen. Ibsen, yeah.
1: So, um, I mean, uh, you know, Heather Gabler shoots herself at the end of that play. Nora in the Dole's house bangs the door and leaves her husband, which was shocking for the 1880s. So there's a lot of very modern stuff here as um, women are really, you know, have since that time, which is what one hundred and forty years ago, have come so far. but there are still echoes of the things in this play like abuse and difficulty in family life, lack of support from the community, though that has improved to some degree, hasn't it? So mm. um there are lots of echoes with modern um, living now. So it's nothing at all to do with something you have asked asked me. Is it the TV program Ghosts? <laughs> and I've had to say no. You'll get a bit shocked if you think, it, it, I think it's the, that I think kind would. of thing.
0: Yeah. So is yeah, it? a bit go on. Uh, I, I was just going to say, is it? Is it just the sort of modernisation and the shortening of the play um, that that's different with, with the uh, Richard Eyre adaptation? For, you know, from the original Ibsen. Uh, 1881 yeah. mod- model, it, so it, it's just more modern and a little bit more streamlined, slimlined.
1: Well, very streamlined, and of course the language. I mean, when you we rely on translations of Ibsen, so the translation process um, needs constantly modernising. When the the first translations were written in fairly um, verbose. Uh, Victorian English, <laughs> and they kind of stuck with it for quite a long time. There have been good adaptations, particularly in um, the 70s and 80s of the 20th century. But this was the first really, real, really modern, real rewriting of it um, in the 21st century. And it shows. I mean, the the, the language is very naturalised. The exchanges are much easier than they would be if you had to use one of the earlier translations. So I think translation is key, as is the streamlining that you mentioned in the adaptation. And, of course, uh, Air is a very sensitive, experienced, and um, good, very good indeed, excellent, uh, theatre director. So he knows what works on the stage and what what kinds of things you need to keep the pace bowling along. And the pace really does bowl along in this play. Yeah. Mm. So... Um, it was done in the West End about ten, nearly ten years ago, and was very well received. Then it had, um, do you know the actress Leslie Manville?
0: Yes, yes, it? I do. Yeah, She's a
1: well-known TV actress, yeah. and she was in it, and she she was apparently quite sensational. So, um, I mean, we can't emulate that, but we can we can um, bring what we know, what we have here in the Lace Market Theatre, um, to the production. It's been a fascinating rehearsal run because we've found new depths all the time, and I've got a fabulous cast who've really worked together to put the show to, to um, on, on the. On the uh, we're in the studio upstairs, which is never an easy option for the actors, but is a wonderful one for the audience because they're really quite up close and personal um, in the action. So I think it's it's going to be quite a thrilling experience in that word that we use with the thriller and also pulling on the need in the late 19th century for melodrama. So you've got both of those things coming quite strongly into the production and the performances, I
0: think, too. So with with um, putting it on upstairs, which if, if, yes. sort of, if people haven't been up there, it, it's a smaller sort of, as you say, up close and personal uh, experience. Has that caused any issues for you as the director staging it sort of? It's practically in the round, isn't it?
1: Yes. Um, uh, Fortunately, I've had a bit of experience (laughs) of that because I've staged things up here before. It is a very different way of directing because you've got, obviously, in the round, we've got audience on three quarters, uh, on three sides. Um, We do use, if anybody doesn't know, we have two levels upstairs, one which runs through to the bar, and then there's a stage area in the back which we can also use a bit in performance. We do use it um, a bit here. So uh, that's the fourth side, as it were. So the, the actors have to be very well aware all the time that they've got audience mm. on all sides. So you're kind of working in three dimensions, whereas in the auditorium, you're much more conscious of the fourth wall being the audience. and um, You're looking out at the audience and um, you do a much more triangular um, relationship between the actor on the stage the set and then the audience as well. We have no set as such here. We have a couple of chairs and a table, but there's no room for a set. And I'm working on the tech at the moment. Well, I'm, I have um, a guy called Hugh Philip here who's starting to work now on the lighting, because we can't move into this space until next Saturday, <laughs> and we're on on the Tuesday, so it's quite a um, a tight get in. But it's a very good team, and they're already working together. Uh, We're hoping to have some graphics as well, which will uh, provide a little bit of extra entertainment upstairs. Go on.
0: I I was just going to say, with the play sort of of this intensity and everything... Uh, in, in one way, you don't need any scenery uh, around it because, you know, you, you're listening to the story, you're listening uh, to, to what the actors are telling you. And you don't need sort of, you know, big big sets or anything um, like that. So, And I, I know it's a period play. And so I imagine that the costumes uh, are going to be pretty good as well. Were they difficult to source?
1: Um, we've got, you, you know, we've got excellent wardrobe facilities at, at the Lace Market. Yeah. Um so yes, I mean we've we've had to make sure that they're uh, you know when you you can get away with a lot when you're doing an auditorium show because it's there's a fair distance between the actors and the audience. But up here, if you're three feet from somebody and you see they've got a shabby frock on <laughs> or a shabby top uh, you know frock coat on, you can see it too yeah. much. So yes, um, the wardrobe have taken a great deal of care in trying to make sure that you know, they look comfortable and that they look well-made and real in, and authentic in that sense. Um, but we decided to go to keep it in period costume, although there's so much as I've been saying that's relevant now. Um, I think that's important because a lot of things have changed, particularly in marriage, particularly with the church, but remnants of these feelings are still here. So we're trying to bridge the two periods from the 1880s to the 2020s. Which, when I say that, that's a huge amount of, it's a large bridge it, to be to be
0: crossing, isn't it? <laughs> it, well, it definitely is. Yeah. So, what, yeah. what's the age of Oswald? Because um, I mean, he, he's been, as you say, sent off to to um, Paris to you know, to college and everything. Uh, then comes back. So, what what age is, is Oswald he, himself? He,
1: He's about 27,
0: 28. Oh, right, so, yeah, it's sort of, if you like, a more mature it's, it's, student, it's, it's, if you like. So, but Yes, uh,
1: yes, he's been studying art. He is an artist, and yeah. this is another wonderful theme in this play, which is not often talked about. Um, he's been in Paris at the time of the Impressionists, in the 1870s and 1880s, you know, Renoir, um, Manet, Monet, and so on. And he's clearly um, influenced by them. He, at one point, describes his life in Paris in terms of an Impressionist painting. But the text uh, talks a lot about foggy Norway, and they live on this island with a view across the bay, and often it gives you a direction in the text to provide a foggy landscape. Well, you can do that on an auditorium stage. We are having to do that um, a bit more technologically um, here. So the contrast between the sun... The sunshine of the Renoir, the Monet, the Matisse, and then people like subsequently like Van Gogh, and the colours of their paintings—the reds and the sunsets and the greens—that you find because there's so much painting outside—is um, a complete and utter contrast to the picture we're given of Norway. So I think that's something Ibsen is saying about his own country um, very clearly by. Um, contrasting those two sides of the play and Oswald that's the son or Oswald in English but Oswald in, in we're calling him in the play um, makes these contrasts um, very strongly about how he finds coming back to Norway a very difficult and depressing um, atmosphere to have to deal with and it's a lot to do with landscape and painting and the kinds of views of nature that they were that's, Norway provided. Uh, you, uh, it might be interesting to know that Ibsen lived a lot of his time in, in Italy, actually, and he actually wrote this play while he was living in Italy. So um, he had sunshine, um, uh, you know, around him all the time, and he sought sunshine by living abroad, but had lots of things to say about life in Norway at the same time.
0: Well, depressing this play is not going to be entertaining. No, it it is going to be... Funny. Yep. It's
1: moving, it's emotive It's, it's uh, I think it's thrilling actually as well
0: And it's got a great yeah. cast and a brilliant director as well so what more could you well, want? So uh,
1: <laughs> I wasn't saying that <laughs>
0: I'd say that for you So Thank
1: you very much, you're very kind <laughs> Cynthia, where
0: can we get tickets from?
1: You can get them online at uk, and you can ring the uh, box office at the theatre at the moment we're running the box office on Fridays and Friday evenings and Saturday lunch times and those are times when you can come in person to the theatre on Halifax Place if you want to get your tickets that way but it's quite easy to book online, it's quite a good website and you just follow through the instructions to go through to book shows so you look up ghosts, you go in and find the ghosts um, uh, site and then it takes you right through the booking process is that is that really answering your question it is
0: indeed yes yes. definitely so do
1: you want the telephone number if you want to ring the box office
0: give us the number we'll have that
1: yeah 0115 950 7201 and if anybody is listening and doesn't know the lace market yet we're on we're near the weekday cross just behind it Go up past the Fletchergate car park and Halifax Place goes your first turning right. And you... the theatre is just about hundred met- 200 metres down there.
0: Can't miss it's it. It's an easy
1: walk. Can't and miss it. And it's right by the tram. So you get off at, uh, on the tram on, on uh, Fletchergate and, and you can just walk two minutes, three minutes to the theatre.
0: Brilliant stuff. Okay. So many ways that we can get the tickets, and uh, easiest to get it online as well because that way you know that you've got a ticket, and you can also choose where you want to sit as well. But uh, every, every seat in there, you can see the, uh, uh You can see everything Again, uh, because it's in the round. five
1: seats in the studio, so everybody can see the action. <laughs> we design it so they can all see the action. Um, the other thing too is you, if you want to park in Fletchergate Car park, park, you can. Um, put your car parking tickets in our machine and get your parking for for half price.
0: There you go. So worth worth that's it. That's a good
1: thing to have. Yes.
0: De- definitely, so, <laughs> Cynthia, thank yes. you so much for uh, taking time out Pleasure. to tell us all about Ghosts. and looking forward to seeing it. It's on at the Lace Market Theatre, Tuesday the 24th of May to Saturday the 28th of May. It's uh, Henrik Ibsen's <laughs> I'll get this one. Henrik right. Henrik Ibsen's Ghosts. Uh, so go along and see. Cynthia, take care. Uh, that-
1: Tell them there's a matinee on Saturday if you prefer to come into town in the afternoon. So an uh, evening performance is at 7.30, so a matinee at 2.30. Marvellous. Okay?
0: Marvellous stuff. That's okay. brilliant. Thanks
1: very so much, Kev.
0: Have a good afternoon, okay. Cynthia.
1: And you. Bye for now.
0: Bye. Bye.